Thanks for joining us, fantasy coaches, and welcome to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. And by my side is producer J.P. Gale. We had so many injuries this week, especially running back. And we have a busy show ahead of us to talk about all this. We're fortunate enough to be joined by John Halpin of FoxSports.com. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bobby. Yeah, the, the zero RB people must be, f- be feeling pretty good about themselves today. With all the running That's right, back. except I'm not so sure anyone's feeling so good about themselves. I mean, John, after week one, I felt like we all had a pretty good idea about where we were wrong in the preseason, um, where we were right. And I was feeling really good about the rest of the season going forward. Then week two happened. I mean, the Saints and Giants had a defensive matchup. All the top wide receivers had mediocre games despite great matchups. And then we had a number of running backs go down with injuries. It was just nuts. Yeah, I was expecting some some of the games to be higher scoring yesterday. That Giants Saints one was really the one that got me because I had some DFS lineups focused around that, but you know, maybe, maybe it's short term. I think in that game, uh, I was a little surprised the giants didn't score more, but uh, I've been yeah. saying all along, the giants defense is better than people think they, they upgrade. Everybody keeps looking the first two weeks. We, we tend to lean on last year a little too much. And it was pretty clear that they upgraded their personnel in the off season. I mean, it might not work out yeah. perfectly, but it's certainly better, especially on the line. And and they've been playing. They they've lived up to to any hype they got in the first two games. They look pretty good. They look phenomenal. I, I would have to say they're the favorite to win their division right now, right? I agree. I I mean, part of that is because the division's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, I I really do think that I, I thought all along they're going to win. I, I'm thinking ten wins for them, and that should be enough to get them by in that division. I know Dak Prescott looks good, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to hang uh, and get to that yeah. kind of level unless Romo comes back. I definitely agree. John, let's jump over and talk about some of those injuries, because like I said, it's a really busy show, so uh, we don't have that much time. Um, and we'll start with Adrian Peterson. Now, I'll just say for those of you listening, we're recording the show at two o'clock Eastern time, Monday afternoon. So not all information is available yet. When Once this comes out, we might hear Adrian Peterson's out for the season or, you know, he's just going to miss a game or two or he'll be ready to suit up on Sunday. Um, so we're going to look at some various scenarios and, and just help you guys understand how do you look at the injury wire on Monday when you're getting ready for your waiver wire pickups? And, you know, if, if AP is out, how much does someone like Jarek McKinnon stock soar? And if he's out for just one or two weeks, how do you look at it? So, uh, John, let's start with that. If he is out for the season, what happens with McKinnon? Well, for the season, I'm a big McKinnon guy. I, I actually drafted McKinnon in a bunch of places just because like, I, can't, I can't say I was going to – I predicted a Peterson injury, but I, I always want to bet against a running back at that age with that kind of workload. Now, I'll qualify that by saying – or clarify it by saying that I made the same bet last year against Peterson and lost. I wasn't going to own him anywhere. I got McKinnon in a few spots and it didn't pay off. Maybe it will this time. Uh, I, 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 I'm definitely concerned that Matt Asiata could be really annoying because he's been that way in the past. Because there's been times in the past for Peterson's yeah. missed games and we've said, all right, McKinnon. And then Asiata comes in and gets three touchdowns on nine carries or something. Uh, I'm, I'm a big McKinnon guy. I, I think I'll say top 20 only because I'm worried about Asiata. If I wasn't as worried about Asiata, I, I might shoot even higher. I really like McKinnon. I, I think he's terrific. I think that's still going to be a run-centric team, even without Peterson. So uh, Plus, he can catch the ball. So that'll leave him on the field a little more. I, I think there's a lot to like here. That's right. So so top 20 rest of season running back or overall? Top 20 running back. And, and, and that okay. might sound conservative and an easy way out, but, but I, you have to be somewhat concerned about Asiata getting goal line carries and things like that, or, and, and maybe getting 10, yeah. 12 carries a game. It's possible. I and mean, we've seen it happen before. I'd be as much as I like McKinnon, I'd be naive to think that couldn't happen again. You're exactly right. I mean, McKinnon only had two carries on Sunday. 
Um, you know, Asiata had six carries. So right. I'm really concerned about that. But like you, I drafted McKinnon in virtually every league. I've been, uh, you know, tooting his horn all preseason and week one. Pick him up if he's available. Pick him up. And uh, it looks like it might work out. Now, I have the benefit of, uh, of looking at our waiver wire rankings before they're published. We publish them on Tuesday morning and we get six or seven uh, experts to come in and post their rankings. One of the experts was John. And yes. I'll just say everybody has Jarek McKinnon as their number one guy. Is he the clear cut number one guy? Is there someone else this week that you think might rival him? I think Jay Ajayi is an interesting option just because look, if Foster's out, they, they pretty clearly suggested in the preseason that they didn't trust Kenyon Drake because he would be the guy who you'd think would be the receiving back, but they didn't trust him to block. And that matters. Yeah. So I, I think Ajay is as unhappy as they might be with him. I don't know where else they go. Plus you look at this week, if you're just looking short-term, they play the Browns at home, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good option. You look, if I didn't get McKinnon and I, and I got Jay Ajay, I'd, okay, that's I'm, I'm good. As much as I like McKinnon, I'd be comfortable with that with that as a fallback. Now he's a serious athlete, Ajaya that is. But are they going to trust him with the full loop workload if Foster's out for an extended period of time? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what realistic options they have there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, the other guys, yeah, they're just so so. I think they 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 clearly don't like Ajaya. Is evidenced by the fact that they went out and tried to sign a bunch of other running backs in the offseason. You know, they tried to get C.J. Anderson, and then they got Foster. And, you know, they, they, they weren't totally thrilled with them. But right now, I think, you know, it is what it is. And they're going to have to go with them. Let's talk about Doug Martin. He's going to be out with a hammy. They're saying two weeks. We know how these things go. It could be four or five weeks. And when he comes back, he might not be the same. And he's got a great backup running back behind him, Charles Sims. We didn't see classic Charles Sims last week because, you know, it was a tough matchup against Arizona. They're playing from behind, you know, 30 points the whole week. But Charles Sims, I, I said this last week, he has more yards in the past 10 weeks than Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, that's yards from scrimmage passing and rushing. So, uh, Charles Sims can be a really good one. Obviously he's owned in every league, but if the draft was today, how high would you take Charles Sims knowing Martin's going to be out for a while? Oh, geez. Especially, I mean, if you're in a PPR league, you like him even more cause he can catch the ball. Yeah. Uh, where would I draft Sims in a PPR? I, I'd probably draft him as a top, let's say fit 12 to 15 running back. And that's without the rankings in front of me. But yeah. yeah, I'd really like it. I, you know, last year he was good. He got it last year as a, as a second banana. I mean, Martin had a great year and Sims had over, uh, had almost 1100 yards from scrimmage. It's amazing. So now you, you get him in there and you, let's say double his carries. Well, now you're up to probably 1500 from scrimmage over a full season. And you know, there aren't, there, there probably aren't 10 running backs better than that. I mean, maybe, can he handle yeah. that workload? I don't know. I, I, I guess so. I mean, you know, if you double the carries, that's still only, you know, a couple hundred. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't average 4.9 like he did last year. But but I think Sims, you know, as, as a workhorse type, you tend to think that because of the way he can catch the ball, he'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he could pound it in, in the red zone on goal line situations. Um, I love Sims a lot. Now, obviously, a lot of people listening to this playing pretty serious leagues where everyone knows exactly what's going on. They know who Charles Sims is. But some people listening, uh, you play in leagues with people who just don't even know who Charles Sims is. If you're in that league, just go out and get him. Go go make a trade. You'll be able to get a great value on him. He's uh, he's soaring up my rankings right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is I mean, the only reason you'd hesitate a little is because Martin's injury might not be too bad. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, now, someone else who's injury they're saying is not too bad is is Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Rivera just came out. Their their head coach in Carolina came out and said it's just going to be one or two weeks. Um, but again, these kind of injuries linger. How are they going to divvy up the carries in Carolina? I don't like any of their options. I mean, Whitaker was pretty good in, in week two against San Francisco, but it's San Francisco. Right. And what they're going to do, I mean, Rivera also said that it would be more of a situation where Cameron Artist Payne would be the lead back type and Whitaker would be the change of pace type. And that's sort of what they did last year. You know, when Stewart got hurt last year, I think the last three games, the carries for Artist Payne were 14, 5, and 14. I think the five was against Atlanta, but I'm not sure when they had that loss. But but Fozzie Whitaker is not going to be a, a 15 carry guy everybody if Jonathan Stewart's hurt. I, I think most likely it's going to be Artis Payne with 15 carries. Tolbert's going to be in the mix too, which if you're trying to pick either Whitaker or Artis Payne, Tolbert could get kind of annoying there for you. Um, now I'm looking at these rankings by the other experts and they've got Fozzie Whitaker number four, number four, and number five. You have them at number 17. Yeah. Now these can change before they're published, uh, but Cameron Artis Payne, they have at 21, 26, 27, and you have at eight. So what are you seeing that suggests Cameron Payne's going to get uh, the carries? I mean, he hasn't been anywhere to be found yet. Why is that? Because I mean, that's what Rivera, literally Rivera said that today. He, he said go. that Cameron Artis Payne would be the lead back. And, and that's what they pretty much what they did last year. Look, they had that one tough game where he didn't, wasn't on the field a lot. But when they played the Giants in that game with the, with the cage match with Beckham and Josh Norman, Cameron Artis Payne got the ball a lot. And they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty, he hasn't been active yet, which is, you know, it was concerning. But that, that's what they have. You know, they don't have another option because Whitaker is not a lead back type. Tolbert's a fullback. I mean, Artis Payne is is the, the the only thing they have really resembling a a traditional tailback, and and he said they're going to use him, and they've done it before. So I have every reason to believe he's telling me the truth. Yeah, and what does his upside look like exactly? Can he be uh, an RB two, or is he just a flex play at this point? Uh, not this week. I mean, this week they're playing uh, they're playing the Vikings, which is yeah. a pretty tough matchup. And the thing is, with with Artis Payne, he'll get he'll probably get carries but he won't get all the carries i know most people don't you you don't we don't have 15 teams where one guy's getting 20 carries i get that but artist Payne will probably be on the lower end of of the work life if, he, if he's a top 15 carry guy this week i'd probably be surprised so that tells me yeah maybe he goes 14 for for 53 and hopefully he gets a touchdown it's it's gonna be something like that so so i think he's probably i don't know running back 25 26 27 i haven't done my yeah. rankings yet but but that's what my gut tells me yeah that that's a nice pickup if you can grab a guy like that uh, another running back situation is rashad jennings over in uh in new york and you're closer to the situation um what's going on there is he going to be is he going to miss any time there hasn't been much talk about what's going on with jennings but you know they took him out in the final minutes of a pretty close game so uh how bad is this uh you know i don't know exactly how bad it is but what i saw today suggest he's going to be limited to practice and that's all they said so for now I, we're not going to panic i mean yeah. you can panic about the fact that he's not running well <laughs> I, i'd worry about that if i own him yeah because that's just <laughs> not you know i mean they played the saints yesterday and they got nothing done because quite frankly the offensive line's not very good mm-hmm. um i i think that if he missed the game the, the sneaky guy like right away everybody you you would think vereen based on what you saw yesterday but or, you know, they, they've, they said 
during the preseason and as the season was about to start that Orleans Darkwa was the second string back. I mean, they're not, I don't think they'd go Vereen full time. You know, I don't think they'd say, all right, Jennings is out. Vereen's going to get 18 carries. He's not that kind of back. He's more of a pass catching than yesterday. You know, I think they felt in a pinch they wanted to use him, but I think Darkwa could get a dozen carries if Jennings doesn't play. That is really interesting because, uh, you know, everything I've been hearing, well, from the the people that I they don't know what they're talking about have been saying Vereen, but uh, the first expert that I that I ask about it, Darkwa is he's intriguing. I mean, we watched him run a little bit last year, and when I saw his film, he looks like an impressive young running back. I mean, he's got something in him. Yeah, he does. I like him, and he you know he sort of came out of nowhere last year mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, he 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 had a couple of you know games where he he had a handful of carries and did well, and they seemed to like him, and they finally you know no more. You know, Andre Williams going on there. We don't have to worry about him mucking things yeah. up. So, uh, yeah, I like Darko. I think he's a decent, you know, he's he's not a star or anything like that. But, hey, neither is Rashad Jennings. Now, this Seattle situation has been giving us headaches all preseason, and now it's continuing. Thomas Rawls got the job back, and then he got hurt again. Who do you like better for the rest of the season, Thomas Rawls or Christine Michael? That's really hard just because I, I'm just – it's not hard if they're both healthy. Uh, Rawls yeah. is the obvious pick. It sounds like Rawls's injury wasn't so bad, but you know do, he he's he got injured again, and you wonder if they're gonna make it more of a, a split than you'd like to see if you own Rawls. I mean, I still like Rawls better over the course of the season, but Rawls also he cost you more on draft day in most cases. He cost you probably a fourth round pick or a third round pick or something like that. Um, I'd still go Rawls. Uh, I have to say, after yesterday, I got a little concerned. But when I saw another injury happen, I mean, you know, and plus his line, I mean, I guess you can't freak out too much in a game where they got nothing done that the Rams defense just really stepped up and played great. But uh, yes, yeah, seven for minus seven. That's no fun. Yeah, he had negative one yards per carry, and Christian Michael had 6.0 yards per carry. He's looked so good all season. And, you know, I'm, I want to be careful to not get on that bandwagon again and just get, get torched again. But, well, it's tempting. He looks awesome. He does. And here's the thing about that. I agree with you. I've gone down that rabbit hole before, and I know a lot of people have too. And you want to say, you know, you're, sometimes you, you just get that. You're, it's not as much your brain. Well, your, your brain tells you, you know, the guy was cut by three teams, right? Or four or whatever it is now. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. But, and you say, well, I don't want to get, you know, sucked in by that again. Well, I mean, if he's a waiver claim, why not? He probably was a couple of weeks ago, maybe not anymore. But but the guy's running well. I mean, you have to look. And, and the Seahawks, you know, sometimes teams blow smoke. But they said, well, he, he looks like a different guy. He's running a lot better than he ever did before. And before, their problem with him, they, they, always, they would always hint at things like he, he didn't, he, he's not picking up the playbook. It was that kind of stuff. And now they seem to be happy with him. You know, they're not saying the bad things that they used to say about him. And they know him better than anybody else. So, I, I mean, I'm fine. I don't think he's going to you know, win me a fantasy championship. But if I have a running back hurt, and I need a guy who might get 10 carries. Yeah, sure. I mean, of course. And like I said, he's probably not available in most leagues at this point, like he was a couple of weeks ago. But but he's also not, you know, you're not pinning your hopes on him either. Now, I mentioned Michael's film and how much I like watching him run. He's very talented. But the the one guy in the NFL, besides like a David Johnson or Todd Gurley, um, that's it, kind of a mid-range running back that I just love watching run. He is so talented is Amir Abdullah, but his body's just not, I don't know if it's built for the NFL and he got banged up. Uh, he might miss some time, but the x-rays did come back negative. So if he is hurt, is Dwayne Washington the guy? 
I think they probably mix up. I don't know. I, I think they, he, he's not going to be the guy. I don't think there is going to be a guy. I think Riddick okay. gets probably busier, right? But interesting. I wouldn't be that if I, if I'm picking up th- these other players. You know, if you're for talking about picking up McKinnon or Sims, you can't pick up or, or a guy like uh, who else did we talk about earlier who's going to get a lot of guys? Jay Ajayi, right? Well, mm-hmm. I look at the Lions and I say, all right, well, are they going to get Zach Zinner in the mix with Abdullah Hurt? Not to get 12 carries, but to get some carries. Yeah. I, and I wonder if they will. I, I wouldn't be blowing a big fad bid on Dwayne Washington, if, 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 you know, to, to put it that way. I was really big on Zenner in the preseason. Not not really big. I wasn't telling anyone to draft him, but I was saying, no, this is a legitimate sleeper. This guy can really run. He's got a great athletic profile. And then he's just been sitting on the bench. Uh, they, right. You know, Dwayne Washington all of a sudden passed him up. I think if Zenner does get a chance, he might end up being better than Washington. So I, I, I'm the same way. I'm not touching Washington, not at all. Okay, yeah. And, and, you know, any of them, the thing is, any of them could get five carries, but one of them have be a touchdown, which yeah. would be really annoying. But... You know, you, you never want to bet on a guy like that. <laughs> All right, and then over in San Diego, Danny Woodhead's out. That That's a real bummer because he's a great player for the NFL. He's just this little guy who runs around and, you know, they even run him in the goal line. He's he's fantastic. I love watching Danny Woodhead. Um, but now Melvin Gordon becomes a bigger name. He was kind of a mid-range running back, and now he's scoring touchdowns. He's getting quite a few carries. How far up does he bump now? Melvin Gordon, how far up does he bump? That's a – man that high they have they have to use him more i know yesterday it's hard to tell yesterday because they were up 35 nothing so rivers only threw what 24 times and we really can't read a lot into that but i mean if you look at the other running backs right now and gordon's been pretty good you know people to you know the elusiveness ratings and all that stuff i mean gordon seems to grade pretty well as bad as his year last year was but but right now looking at what running backs are how many running backs are better than Gordon? I don't know. Are there 15 better? No, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Right. I think he probably gets, he can catch the ball a little too. He's not as good as a receiver as Woodhead, but it, he's not, I mean, uh, he's not some stone hands type of guy either. Yeah. So he could catch maybe three passes a game. And, you know, that gives you another, let's say 25 yards and that helps. But I, I think he's going to run a lot. And this week they've got, I mean, they're at the Colts. I mean, sign me up for Melvin Gordon. I'll start, you're starting him anyway, but yeah. he's got to be a top 15 back this week. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, there's a reason he was receiving so much hype last year after the draft. He's amazing. He was amazing in college, and, um, you know, he's a tremendous athlete. They're not going to be able to pass the ball to Keenan Allen. I'm not buying uh, Williams or Inman or who have you. They don't really have an option. They're going to have to run the ball with Gordon. Even if they're down, they're going to be giving touches to Gordon. And, uh, you know, I think he jumps in maybe even into the top 10. I think you might be right for this week. I haven't done rankings yet, but that wouldn't be surprised if he lands there. Because I think against the Colts, yeah, I, I, would, I would bet the over on 20 carries. And then finally, Gronk and Jamal Charles both missed another week. How long is this going to linger? I mean, is it going to happen in week three again? Is it going to happen in week six? When are these guys coming back? <laughs> you got me. I wish I knew. Uh, Gronk, Gronk seems to be a, you know, it's a week to week thing. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what to guess about him for this week, but this, this week's team is their Thursday, right? So, yeah. so, I mean, it, it, maybe he was quote, I, I don't, I wish I could have a guess, but with the Patriots, I can't because they're not tipping their hand. 
And maybe with the short week coming, they kept Gronk out another game to start him on Thursday or something like that. Now he's going to have a third string quarterback thrown to him. So who the heck knows what happened there? Um, as far as Jamal Charles, I, w- I would so hate to be one of those people who drafted Jamal Charles in the second round right now. Because when he comes back, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Spen- what are they going to do? Tell Spencer where to sit on the bench? No way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's pretty good. And he can catch the ball. And, you know, even West can do a little bit. So I, I don't know. If I drafted Charles, I would, be, I would be preparing myself for some sort of committee. And unless I knew Charles was, was full-blown go with that knee and back to normal, uh, it, it, that's a scary proposition. And what do you think is going to happen with these backup quarterbacks? I mean, you've got Jacoby Brissett, who, when he came in, he was, he looked pretty good with the lead. I mean, you know, he's a third string quarterback and he's not going to play very long, but how is this going to change the offense for the Patriots? Are they just going to run the ball a ton with Blount? Isn't that what that, I mean, they're, they're running the ball a ton already. You're right. So I, I don't know how much more they can do it. I know they're going to, especially against the Texans, they're going to try to take the ball out of this guy's hands as much as they can. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that the Patriots have kind of, given Garoppolo some rope and, and, and let him throw, they're not going to do it with this guy. I mean, that would be just crazy. I, I don't know what scheme they're going to come up with. And if anyone's going to come up with something good, it's going to be them. Yeah. But they, yeah, they're going to have to try to pound it. And I mean, really short, you know, I mean, the, those little slot guys running all over the place are going to catch balls three yards off the line. But you know, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think this goes well for the Patriots as smart as they can be as much as they can adjust to injuries. I mean, especially if Gronk's out, I mean, I don't, I don't know how this works for them this Thursday. You know, it's uh, even though this is hardly fantasy relevant, this is the most interesting story to me because the Patriots are just so crafty. The, like you said, yeah. if anyone's going to come up with something, it's going to be them who knows what they're going to do here. I can't wait to see the way that it plays out. I, I well, I, I can't wait. I, I think it's going to be bad. I really do. I, I don't, as smart as they are, and I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a Belichick fan. I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan generally. I think they're fine. They don't bother me one way or the other. But I'm a mm-hmm. Belichick fan. I, I, I grew up a Giant fan, you know, back when he was the defensive coordinator. And, you know, I always joke around, no one can say anything bad about Belichick to me. So, but, but even this situation, I mean, it, this is a, I mean, third string quarterback against a, a, a defense that good. Come on. I mean, unless they win that game six to three. I, I don't, I, I, that's a really tough one to pull off. Now over in Cleveland, they're also down to their third string quarterback. Ugh. What are, what are they going to do? I mean, JP and I were joking last show about Terrell Pryor. Someone else <laughs> said Are they going to give him a shot? I mean, if, if, no. if Kessler goes down, is there any chance whatsoever? I, I don't know. I, I was actually more intrigued about the Julian Edelman option for the Patriots than Terrell oh. Pryor. <laughs> but that, that is very interesting. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be so funny. I, I would love to see that. But, you know, I mean, could you imagine the Patriots come out running some sort of, you know, option offense or single wing bit or something like that? I mean, you know, th- that'd be the one team be like, yeah, whatever. I'm not that surprised. <laughs> you know, drop kicks, things like that. But yeah, but Cleveland, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a mess. I mean, who who is it now? Is it not Cook? Cody Kessler, I should know this, but come on, the third string quarterback for the Browns. I know. And I mean, and they're bad to begin with. (laughs) I mean, I know they came out strong yesterday, but I mean, they're pretty bad. They're playing at Miami. I think, I mean, the Dolphins, that's a, that's a streaming defense and they're owned. I think they're really low owned in a lot of leagues. 
mean, mm-hmm. that is the no-brainer streaming defense of the week. But what are the Browns going to do? I don't know. They're going to try to run a lot like they did yesterday. And I think they probably got to get Duke more involved a little bit and not just depend on Crowell because other than the one carry, not that we can discount the one carry, but you know, Crowell was a three-yard carry guy other than the big touchdown he had. So I think they're going to have to, you know, get Duke a little more involved, maybe Barnage a little more involved for, for a rookie quarterback. But yeah, this is just, this is just a bad scene for the Browns. I'll tell you what, Crowell is the single most annoying player in fantasy right now. I <laughs> don't think he's very good and he keeps putting up these big numbers and everyone's, you know, thinking that I'm wrong. He just doesn't look very good. I'm not buying it. He looked good. Yeah. I mean, on the touchdown run, he looked good yesterday. Looked oh bad. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to look good on an 80, 85 yard touchdown run. I guess yeah. or you're, you're obviously going to look good, but, but the thing is he split snaps with Duke. So you have to remember that. I mean, you have all those people who drafted Duke in the sixth round and are probably pulling their hair out right now. Uh, just I just ha- hang in there. Uh, I think things are going to get better for him. I think they're going to start using him in the passing game a little more. So I wouldn't, I mean, Crowell's not good enough to, to carry the load you, all, all season long. Now, you mentioned the Dolphins as a great streaming defensive pickup, and I agree. But for me this week, I don't think it's a no-brainer. I'm really buying into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the Rams haven't scored a touchdown. I know. But I, I, I get what you're saying. But I, I think at some point – I see, I think the Dolphins defense – the Dolphins defense is better than the Bucs. Right? I, mean, I, I think so. I don't know. I don't know that the Bucks had a lot of injuries last year. I really liked Levante David. Uh, Gerald McCoy is one of the best run stuffers. Uh, they pulled over Grimes from the Dolphins. I kind of like the Buccaneers defense uh, probably more than the Dolphins. I don't. It's it's real close. I think most people would agree with you though. But but then but then you look at the Rams and you know the the, the Browns don't have Todd Gurley. You're right to to, to that you have to account for. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, the ownership level is probably, they're probably both available in your league, but you know, the bucks also see, I, I, I always, you, you always chase the rookie or the third string quarterback or whatever. Yeah. But I definitely have in my head the times I've gotten burned doing that. And usually the common denominator to when you get burned is you say, well, it was the perfect spot, but oh, right. The defense was bad. Like it's just a bad defense to begin with, no matter who they were playing. And sometimes the bad defense is going to get burned even by a scrubby quarterback. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. And you said, you know, the process I think is right, but the times you lose, I think that's usually the reason. And I actually think the Dolphins defense is solid. And I do think the Rams, look, I know the Rams offense is not good. I think I would rather Case Keenum, Todd Gurley, than Cody Kessler and Crowell and Duke. And I, I don't think that's, to me, that's a pretty easy decision. You know, what it is to me is Case Keenum, he started 10 career games. He has 21 turnovers. And, you know, he is not a rookie. Yeah. But you know he's going to turn over the ball. He's a, he's a known bad quantity as opposed to an unknown bad one. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is. <laughs> um, you can't go wrong with either of these options. These are probably going to be the two best streaming defenses all season as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, it really could be the case. They'll probably definitely be both uh, in the top five all season. Um, so, so go ahead and pick one. And uh, I don't think that you will regret either of them. So. I, I, have, I, I have, sorry, I have some breaking news on Adrian Peterson right now. Uh-oh. Mike Zimmer just said on his K-Fan radio show that uh, Peterson has a torn meniscus. And the timetable time is uncertain. Uncertain. Yeah, that's probably four to six weeks uh, based on what we've seen in the past. And um, 
you know, obviously he's going to have to recover from that, get back in football shape. But uh, that's not the end of the world news for Adrian Peterson because you'll still have him in the playoffs. They've got some pretty good defensive matchups coming in the playoffs. So, uh, JP, thanks for sharing that. That makes McKinnon a huge pickup. How much fab are you spending on him? What percent of your budget? Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm, it's hard I'm, to put you on the spot here. <laughs> that's that's tough. I, I would guess, you know, I, I part of me hesitates just because there's always another running back. But we're so yeah. early, and I think McKinnon's upside is so high. I don't know. I, I'm I'm go seventy percent. sounds fine to me. But I'm not. I'm, wow. I, I will admit that I'm not a guy who does the science of how much fab I should spend, and that's probably a shortcoming on my part. No, no. Um, that is really interesting. I mean, a lot of people have injured running backs right now, and if you do, I could certainly see spending that much. Um, I think that you'll win him if you spend that much. I tend to be a lot more conservative, but then I'm always that guy who has extra money left over at the end of the year. So go get McKinnon. Don't be, uh, don't be losing by a dollar. Go get McKinnon. He's going to be fantastic moving forward next four to six weeks. JP, thanks for sharing that, man. That's way, great. I'm a believer because I'll do it because a I'm a big believer in McKinnon and yeah. his talent. I really, really like him. Now I do. I probably will do some more research on Peterson's likely timetable before I pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Um, one other thing, uh, Woodhead torn ACL confirmed. Wow. Yep. I, I guess we, you know, we were expecting to be out for a while, but Gordon is, is a really nice stock to own right now. Um, I want to jump out of the seat of my pants to, uh, to go trade for him. Cause I think that everyone knows that he's a nice stock to own and you're probably going to get shaft, but Man, I would love to have Gordon if, if if you didn't draft him. I fortunately I did draft him in a lot of leagues. <laughs> I did. I did draft Gordon in a few, so I'm pretty. I'm I, I'm not happy about Woodhead, but but it's working. It's it's working out pretty well. All right. So we already and talked about we, McKinnon. We talked about Zimmer said that Peterson could play this week. Possibly, he's not ruling him out. Reported. What in the world? That that's absurd to me. Yeah, I, may, maybe someone's twisting words there. But anyway, I I got to turn off the Twitter. <laughs> you know, I could see a situation where they're trying to get the opposing defense to to prepare for AP just in case. But torn meniscus with a, a Hall of Fame running back, I don't think you mess with that. No, you you can't. I, I wonder how long the actual timetable is. But you know, we'll, we'll smarter people than me will have that figured out sometime later today. <laughs> All right. So you said McKinnon's your number one. Ajaye is your number two. Who's another running back that that you don't mind picking up this week? I mean, again, to, to, to one guy we mentioned earlier, I don't mind Artis Payne. I really don't. I don't like him nearly as much as the other two guys. But uh, he, he'd probably be next up on my list. Since I can't get Sims, I don't trust the dark web Vereen split as much as I'd like. Yeah. I, I think I know what it'll be, but it, it might be about half considering the pass catching. But uh, talk to me about yeah. Kenneth Dixon. You have him pretty high, too. Um, when he comes back, is he going to be the starter? I mean, the, the way those other guys are running, yes. Yeah. He see, I, I think they wanted him to be the starter, and the injury got in the way. I mean, West, you know, we talked a lot about how West ran well in the preseason. Before set, you know, they, they went out and they drafted a back pretty high, probably because they didn't like what they had so much. And Dixon, you know, he, they seem to like him. He can catch the ball a bit, too. Uh, I think as long as he's healthy, he's got a pretty good chance of taking that thing over. I mean, look, I'd rank him higher if I knew how healthy he was going to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's all that's always a wild card. All right, let's move over to wide receivers. We haven't really talked about any wide receivers yet. And this is the waiver show. Um, so, you know, there are some wide receivers that I think are worth picking up. 
The first name is obviously Tyrell Williams, wide receiver out of San Diego, uh, who looks like he's going to fill into Keenan Allen's role nice. That was going to be like 50, 60% of Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen's a borderline superstar. But um, tell us about Williams. Do you think that he's a, a star every week? No, I don't. Because I think Travis, I think they're going to run more like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think Travis Benjamin is going to be the guy, is going to be the number one wide receiver, let's say. If I had to pick one, Benjamin goes ahead of uh, ahead of Tyrell Williams. They're going to use Gates more too. So, I mean, Williams, he's okay. I mean, I think this week, considering the, uh, the matchup, you can, you know, you can think about playing him. You know, you flex him or whatever. And it's always easy to say, I'm not sure about this guy. He should be flexed. Well, yeah. I'm thinking about when, when, when I do my rankings this week, Williams will probably be somewhere around, you know, the 34th, 35th, 36th wide receiver, which makes him playable depending on your format. Mm-hmm. Again, they're playing the Colts, which is why he's going to be that high. But otherwise, yesterday he was, I mean, six targets. I know it's only, I know they didn't throw a lot, like we talked about earlier, but uh, he, he's, I, I'm not getting too excited about him. I think he's playable. I don't think he's a guy that I'm fired up about. Now, a couple other wide receivers uh, on the Patriots, at least, Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan. Hogan's been getting a lot of the hype, but Amendola's had a pretty good career so far when he can stay on the field, just picked up two touchdowns. Which of these guys do you like more? I, I think I probably like Hogan just because Amendola is almost always going to be the guy who, you know, when he has the good game, it's, it might be six for 46 or something. Yeah. And the red zone, you know, sounds right. We don't know. And I know last, I didn't see the snaps from yesterday. I know last week he was way, he was way lower on snaps than the other guys. So uh, I'd have to see the week two snaps, which I don't, which I haven't looked at this morning for them, mm-hmm. but I'm not, Amendola, I'd ra- I think I'd rather go Hogan. And what about this Washington situation? You've got some guys battling for, you know, third and fourth in, in targets. Uh, Jameson Crowder and Josh Doxson, the rookie. Uh, I've been, I love Crowder. Everyone who listens to the show knows that. I think he's going to end up, uh, you know, finishing second in targets on this team by the end of the season. Um, second year uh, possession wide receiver that runs great routes out of Duke. Um, but the other guy, Doxson, he has some red zone potential. Which of these guys do you like more? Uh, I probably... Long term, see the thing with with Crowder. I think I know what I'm going to get out of him. And mm-hmm. in, if you're in a PPR league, he's fine. But the upside is so limited. I mean, you know, the good in the good games, he's going to be seven for fifty eight, right? And in the bad games, what if he's three for nineteen? Then you're in big trouble. Yeah, I think Doxson. Look, Doxson. I know they threw to him a bit yesterday, and they threw to him in the red zone a few times, which was good. But he also. Yesterday, I think he was on the field. I, I did this this morning. The other guys were on, you know, 45, 50 snaps, and he was on for 19. So not yet. Wow. For I mean, maybe if you want to, if, if there's a stash situation, it, th- that might be okay. But for right now, I, I don't think you can't make any kind of a bet on him uh, to play. Now, who are some other wide receivers you like? Uh, how do you feel about Bolden or uh, Victor Cruz, Tyler Boyd? Um, that, that guy from the jets, um, I'm losing his name right Quincy now. Adunwa. It's probably hard, too hard to pronounce anyway. Yeah. He's the, he's the guy. Cause Brandon Marshall's status for this week, we're not sure about. Yeah. And, and Quincy, no, I mean, that guy, he looks great. And, you know, and I sat there after two games and I'm thinking that team probably they're, they're not going to throw enough to support three receivers, especially fourth day. That doesn't make sense. But if Marshall's out for a couple of weeks, now we got a different story. Because he's kind of, you know, he's a big guy. He can go up and you know, take the ball from people. I mean, he's pretty, he looks pretty good. 
I mean, he's a he's like a legit player who might be, I was I would say start on other teams, but he's basically playing most of the time for the Jets. Yeah. So especially if Marshall's out, he's I think he's fine this week. And they're playing at the Chiefs, not the greatest of matchups, but uh, he he's playing so well that uh, you know I I'd be okay rolling him out there. This Is week. he your if, favorite if wide receiver pickup play. this week? Um, for, for if Marshall's out, yes. I mean, for short term, I guess. I mean, I think Williams is probably a little better for the long term because I think he's going to play all year. Where Nunla, as much as I think he's going to stay on the field some, I, how many, how many, num- what kind of numbers can you put up with Marshall and Decker on your team? Right. Even though they seem to like him. So that depends on Marshall is, is my answer there. Let's take a quick minute to chat about DraftKings.com, who's sponsoring today's show. This week I played DraftKings and almost got my hands on some of the pot. I ran two lineups in between the two. I managed to roster Cam Newton, C.J. Anderson, Garrett Blount, Arizona's defense, Corey Coleman, and Larry Fitzgerald. But unfortunately, it was all split up, and the rest of my lineup was uh, was a bunch of bums like Thomas Rawls. It was a disaster, but fortunately, I have next week, and that's the way it works at DraftKings.com. You always have next week to have a shot at some prize money. There's over a million dollars in total prizes up for grabs this weekend at DraftKings.com. The destination for one-week fantasy football. That means no season-long commitments. Play when you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. So here's all you have to do. Use the code CARRY, that's C-A-R-R-Y, at DraftKings.com now. And play free with your first deposit. That's CARRY, C-A-R-R-Y, to play free for your share of over a million dollars in total prizes this weekend. Only at DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See site for details. All right, let's jump back over to some picks for week three. Now, who's the best streaming tight end this week? Um, you know, if you've got to go pick someone up, maybe your guy's hurt um, or it's not a good matchup, who are you looking at? My streaming tight end for this week. Let's see. I think if I have to go, I, I think one of, one of our tried and true things is we you know, are happy to bet against the Saints with a tight end. So uh, you can get Jacob Tammy in a bunch of leagues, right? Yeah, I would think. I mean, I don't have the ownership percentages in front of me, but Jacob Tammy in the short term, for some, for some reason, they're not throwing a ton to Julio Jones, which I think they're going to fix pretty fast. But so far, Tammy's got, you know, he had eight targets yesterday. He's got 11 catches in two games. I mean, last year he had 60 catches. That's pretty good. So I, with the Saints coming, I think Tammy's probably the guy to target this week. Now, if for whatever reason you had Garoppolo as your quarterback or, you know, again, someone else who's running into a bad matchup, Who's the quarterback that you're going to pick up to stream? I'm looking at, oh, Tannehill against the Browns. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's owned, I'm looking at the Fox Sports ownership percentages, and he's on 20% of leagues. So, I mean, again, the Browns, they're just, they're not good. I mean, we, we streamed Flacco yesterday in a lot of cases when we, if we could. He, he was the target last week, right? He was the preferred target, I think. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't fantastic, but he, you know, threw for a couple of touchdowns and, and a, pretty decent amount of yards so if you streamed them it worked and it's i think go wrong going against that browns defense it really is right i mean they just get they gutted the team they're they're going to be bad all year against most teams i know they almost won yesterday but i mean they were up 20 to 2 and they didn't win because they're no good and the ravens aren't that great either so yeah i'm, I'm happy streaming Tannehill this week yeah, and it looks like Devonte parker's uh finally becoming the player everyone thought he was going to be he got 12 targets yeah. 106 yards so Tannehill has some nice weapons around him he really does he really does. I mean, and I've always been, you know, Jordan Cameron's not perfect, but I've always been a bit of a fan. 
So mm-hmm. he has another look. If he if he's your third or fourth, let's say your third target out there, you're not doing too bad. He's okay in the receiving game. I agree. Uh, the one other guy I'd consider if if someone snatches up Tannehill before you is Dak Prescott. I mean, he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet, but he also hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, they're going up against Chicago, who's one of the worst defenses in the league. And he's he, but Dak Prescott's already thrown 75 passes in two games. They're yep. putting the ball in his hands and letting him make plays. Um, he's he's a nice, talented quarterback that I think can have a big week. Yeah, he 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 he's been better than I expected. You know, I thought after the preseason, it, it was one of the situations where he was gonna he, he was finally gonna see a real NFL defense. But he's he has and he's played fine. I mean, the Giants look. It's not like he took a lot of shots downfield last week. He took some. But he played fine. He he didn't take what they didn't give him, you know. And maybe he's not at that point where he he's gonna he's gonna force throws because he know he can make them, knows he can make them. But that's okay. We don't want him to be. You know, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He just has to be kind of okay, especially since he can run a little bit for fantasy owners. All right, John. Let's move over to our final segment, and uh, we want to talk about stock up, stock down. So these are players that, based on what you saw last week, who do you feel better about the rest of the season? Who do you feel worse about? Um, we'll exclude injuries for this because, you know, obviously I'm a lot lower on Adrian Peterson, but Russell Wilson, for me, he's the quarterback. What is going on with him? Yesterday, I mean, I felt like I didn't see that coming, but I feel like I saw the possibility of that. I mean, part of it was his, his ankle. You know, I, yeah. I know they had all last week. He was, he was Superman and all this, you know, everybody else would have been out for a week and he didn't even have swelling on his ankle and Holy cow. He's the, He's a miracle, but you knew it, it was good. Even though he played, he didn't move all that well. And that probably fixes itself with healing at some point. So, and plus the Rams yesterday, I know we talked about Keenum and he's not good, but it, you kind of had the feeling yesterday that the Rams, even after Monday night, they weren't going to roll over and die. I don't think the Rams are terrible. I just think they're a shade below mediocre. I think they're a seven and nine kind of team. And, 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 that didn't change. I didn't change my mind on that after they lost 28 nothing to the Niners. And I didn't change my mind after they beat the Seahawks. I think that's kind of what they are. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised yesterday worked out that way. This home game was their Super Bowl too. I actually yeah. came on the podcast last week, told everyone, pick up the Rams defense and I'm picking <laughs> the Rams to win it. And uh, I'm sure people at home laughed at me, but I got that one right. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it because I probably won't get too many others right this year. So well, good. yeah, you got to pat yourself on the back. That's fine. <laughs> And this comes from a St. Louis guy who hates the Rams. So uh, oh, okay. they knew I meant it. Got it. I, I don't know. Hey, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, that the, the Sammy Watkins injury, there are some people who were drafting him who, who were basically punting quarterback in their drafts until really late. And Tyrod Taylor is one of the people they were picking, right? You know, he, he was ranked by a lot of people, you know, 13, 14, something like that. And people have said, you know, I don't have to pick a quarterback high. I'll just wait a while and I'll, I'll have a two-headed monster and Taylor's going to be one of my guys. Yeah. And I know he put up a bunch of yards last week, but that wasn't – it was kind of the, 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 the two big touchdown plays. One was just a straight go that, that, that Williams beat Revis really bad. And you're not going to win that. You're not going to throw 80-yard touchdowns all the time. And the other one was just sort of a broken play where he scrambled. And I just – I think with Watkins hurt, that team seems to be in a little more trouble than we thought. And I think Ty, we, we might have to manage, not that our expectations for Taylor were sky high, but I still think we might have to manage him a little better. Yeah. He was the real hot name with all those guys waiting for quarterbacks. Just wait and grab Tyler, Tyrod Taylor. He'll be a top six quarterback again. And uh, you know, you'll be fine, but I'm right there with you. Tyrod Taylor. 
Uh, I'm worried post uh, post Sammy Watkins, even though they're going to be playing from behind and throwing the ball so much. Uh, another guy, Jameis Winston. I mean, the first game he was terrific, but then he he just throws this stinker with uh, with four interceptions. And look, I get it; it was at Arizona. That's a great defense, but just the idea that if you start him one week on your fantasy team and he implodes, it could cost you the game. That makes me want to stay away from him, even if he does have a lot of upside. Uh, I, I'm st- I'm still I'm, I'm on Team Jameis. I really like him, and I know he's going to have games like that. But yeah. he's another one who he's on a couple of teams that I have. And those were the teams where I said, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I don't do the breeze and Ben and luck and cam stuff. I wait on my quarterbacks, even for people who do what we do, who all, who most of us wait on quarterbacks. I think I tend to really wait. I'm, I'm happy to be the last one to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Jameis was one of the people I found myself targeting in draft season. And I think overall that's going to work out. Now, one guy that I feel a lot higher on, and you know, he's only really relevant in two quarterback leagues right now, but it's Brock Osweiler. Look, he had two interceptions and uh, he was 19 for 33, but I watched that game and this looks like quite a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be a QB one or anything, but you know, he was going against the chiefs. Right. And in week one, he looks pretty good. He's going to the Patriots in, uh, in week three. So, um, you know, week four though, He's got Tennessee. He's got Indianapolis coming up, the Lions coming up. Um, I like his schedule, and I really like the way Osweiler looked. I think he's going to grow into this role. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, which helps any quarterback. I think Osweiler's going to end up having a very good season, and he changed my mind this week just from watching the game. But how good? His volume's going to be lower than most, right? We think. I'm not sure they can run Miller as much they as they like have. To run. What, 53 carries? That's true. Yeah, that's a lot for him. For, coming from a team who didn't want to use him at all. Going to yeah. that is really interesting, <laughs> but I, I see. I think Osweiler. I think he probably winds up around the you know somewhere between 16th and 20th at the end of the day, just because he's not going to throw as much as the other guys. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Now, is there a quarterback that stood out to you that uh, you know you're yeah. sliding up your your rankings? Uh, Matt Ryan. I, I was somewhat. I don't want to say I was bullish and more bullish than other people. I, I didn't hate Matt Ryan. I think some people did. I didn't hate him coming into the season because, you know, the vo- I thought the volume was always there for him. And I think they, they would like to become a more run-centric team, but he, he's looked good. I mean, through what, 30? I'm looking 34 times yesterday. That's okay. I, I think he's fine. I don't think Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. I don't think he's the, you know, top five fantasy guy we thought he was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But you can start, you can get away with starting him in a lot of weeks, right? Especially this week against the this Orleans. One. Right. Exactly. You know, after that, they've got a couple of tough ones. You know, they have Carolina, they have actually Carolina, Denver, and Seattle. But after that, it opens up a little bit. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I'm okay with him. He, he's one of those guys, if I'm, if I'm matchup playing him and he's one of two quarterbacks on my roster, I think he could do a lot worse. I definitely agree. Uh, let's jump over to running backs. Who's someone that really impressed you this week and, uh, and you feel a lot better about? Not TJ Yeldon, certainly. Sorry, I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I feel a little better about Crowell. And we talked about it earlier that I don't, you know, he, he only averaged three yards of carry. I don't love him. And I think they're going to use Duke more, but I think Crowell is a guy who he was probably the 35th running back drafted this year or something like that, somewhere in that area. Yep. And Hugh Jackson wants to run. He's going to have a tough time doing it with a third string quarterback, but he wants to run and he would like that guy to, to be sort of the, the banger with Duke coming in as the, 
as as the you know the pass catching sidekick more. And and I think if he can get Crowell 15 carries a game, he will. And I it seemed yesterday's time struck me again that he was committed to doing that. And that makes me say we we probably underdrafted Crowell a little bit. Two guys for me. Uh, the first one is Matt Forte. He had 30 carries. And he had the three touchdowns that everyone knows, but 30 carries yeah. with this old guy. They're just going to give him the ball, and uh, you know he's still got some talent going on. The other guy for me is uh, Tevin Coleman, and it looks closer and closer with Coleman and Freeman, and I think it's just only a matter of time before Coleman surpasses him. I think he's the better talent. You watch the film, and, uh, and he's a better running back. So, um, you know, they wanted him to be the starter last year, and Freeman ended up exploding, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm getting my hands all over uh, Tevin Coleman's shares, and uh, I'm going to wait for him to surge up the rankings. The weird one yesterday was that they didn't throw the ball to Freeman. He seems to be, he's the better receiver. They didn't, they threw the ball to Coleman a few times and not to Freeman at all, which I found kind yeah. of strange. All right. And who's a running back that, uh, that you just lost a lot of confidence in this week? I, I would say, I'm going to say I lost some confidence in Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think you pressed the panic button if you drafted him. I mean, it's certainly, I got, he's, he's got 41 carries in two games. That's hard to argue with. And he's going to run behind a great offensive line. But he got taken out yesterday after his second fumble. And Alfred Morris is actually running well. Now, now I came into this season thinking, Ezekiel Elliott's not going to get the 390 carries that DeMarco Murray got, but he's probably going to get 275 or so, maybe a little more. And now I just wonder how much Alfred Morris is going to eat into that. I don't think it's going to be a straight timeshare. I don't think Alfred Morris is going to overtake him. But if I drafted Ezekiel Elliott seventh overall, I think I'd be not buyer's remorse, but I'd be a little worried. I can't really find anyone on this list because everybody that I feel uh, worse about is injured. There's just so many injured running backs. But yeah, press me to pick someone. It's Jeremy Hill. 11 rushing rushes for uh, for 22 yards. Uh, he's just going to be so reliant on those those touchdowns. And sure, he is a good red zone running back, but. You know, he's the clear number two behind Bernard at this point. As far as I'm concerned, Jeremy Hill's the same player as Charles Sims, except he's not the, you know, he's not going to be catching as many balls. Um, you know, he's just on the same level as Sims, and uh, that's not where Hill was drafted, so I'm losing confidence there. But, I mean, Hill was drafted. He wasn't drafted high this year, right? I mean, I, I, feel like the, I feel like that team, they go from game to game. And last year, I'll admit, they played the Steelers three times. And, and Gio was on the short end of the stick workload-wise. So yesterday did surprise me a little bit. It was probably it was because they were down. But Hill, you know, he, he's the guy who I feel like next, next week, or well, next week's the Broncos, which isn't easy. The next week and the week after, and Hill comes back with 16 carries and a touchdown or two, I'm not going to be shocked. Like, I feel like he, last year he was kind of up and down too. So I, I don't love him, but I don't think I'm as worried as you sound like you are. You know, I, w- I was low on Hill to begin the season with, but, you know, I'm looking at our expert consensus rankings right before the draft started, and they had Jeremy Hill number 40, just ahead of uh, Eric wow. Decker, Jarvis Landry. Um, overall, okay. Overall, yeah. And uh, I, was, I was amazed by that. Because of that, I wasn't touching Jeremy Hill, but, you know, right now, I would draft him about 80 or 90, maybe. Um, I, I the think same, you're right. same spot I'd put Charles Sims, so. Yeah, that was too that, that would have been too high for me. I mean, I saw him in a couple of leagues. I, I, I just missed him in the sixth round of the league, and that sounded about right to me. All right, and then finally, wide receivers. Um, who's someone that really exploded for you this week? And it, for me, it's Travis Benjamin. And Travis Benjamin, yeah. 
If you were listening to the show last week, I am so sorry that I told you Travis Benjamin wasn't going to have a good week. Um, I, I didn't believe it. He didn't do anything as the wide receiver one in Cleveland. And it's the same kind of situation. I, th- I think of Phillip Rivers and Josh McCown as, as some similar type of quarterbacks. Travis Benjamin proved me wrong. He had a, he had a great week and he looked impressive too. I think he can sustain this. Um, I, I think he can too. I mean, you know, yesterday was a really big day for him. I do think they're going to spread the ball around a bit, but like I said earlier, when we were talking about Tyrell Williams, I think Travis Benjamin is going to be the, 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 the number one option there because he just, he has this, the speed he has is, is just something that, that no one else there has anything like. So, and you know, I actually saw someone say today that, that Rivers has never had anyone with that kind of speed either. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. And I wonder how they're going to use him. But, you know, I saw the one touchdown. That he went across the middle. But I, I think they're going to find ways to use him because, especially with Keenan Allen out, you know, they, they've got a tinker. And a guy with that kind of talent, speed anyway, they're going to have to figure out a, a good way to use. I think they're going to put him in some good positions to do things. Another guy that uh, that stands out to me is Jeremy Macklin. I mean, he you know, he was shut down by Verrett. Uh, against the Chargers, just because that's that's the way that it goes when you play the Chargers. Um, but this week, Alex Smith went right back to him, 15 targets. Granted, he only got six for 68 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. But just the volume of targets you know, against a team like Houston shows me that they're going to keep relying on him the same way they did at the end of last season. And because of that, I, his stock went way up in my mind. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's, he's – you, you know enough of what you're going to get. You kind of know what his floor is. You know, and, and he might surpass the floor, especially with the running back situation being a little murky, even though they're all kind of, you know, they're good enough there, even with Charles Hurt or if even when he comes back and they use a committee. But yeah, Macklin, I mean, you know, last year he stepped in in that situation uh, on a team that that was not very wide receiver friendly for fantasy owners. And he caught 87 passes. And I know, you know, then the touchdowns were fine and the yardage was just kind of OK. But but I think they're going to use him enough that if you drafted him, you, have, you don't have anything to worry about with Macklin. Yep. Yep. Definitely agree. And then finally, we have to talk about Stefan Diggs, right? 182 yes. yards. Again, Absolutely. I was wrong. I'm sorry, guys. I was wrong about Diggs. He's uh, he was really improved this off season and I was not buying the hype, but I am now but, I give in. But how much hype was there? I feel like the people who liked him had him ranked at about 30th at wide receiver. I mean, I think I had him 39th or 40th and the people who liked him said, you know, oh, hey, I really like him. He's going to be a good wide receiver three. I don't think he, any, I mean, no one saw this coming. I don't think this is going to keep up. He's not going to catch eight passes a game run a hundred yards, but, yeah. but he's really good. And I know there are people who recognize how good he was, but probably still thought that the numbers would be suppressed by the style of play for that team, that they're going to be run heavy and that the quarterback wasn't that great. So uh, I think he's, I mean, he's surpassing every expectation. Absolutely. Um, is there anybody else for you, John? Yeah, he was the one I was going to say. So, I mean, other, other than him, and again, Quincy Anunua, if, if uh, oh, I mean, can we mention Will Fuller too? Yeah, I was Will totally Fuller. out on Will Fuller. And, and there's, he's going to have some boom and bust to his game because of the type of receiver he is. But, but I mean, he's over 100 yards twice. And Osweiler seems to like throwing to him. I mean, last week, he's the first rookie targets. to ever do that. Yeah. This week, he got seven targets. I mean, it's not great, but it's not, I mean, it's fine. No, you're not asking him to get 15 like DeAndre Hopkins or or uh, or Antonio Brown. You know he's fine. He's playable based on the matchup. I mean he's he's definitely. I thought you know I 
I bought into the, you know, well, there's too many drops and they're run centric team and they have Hopkins and they're not going to throw this guy. Well, they're finding ways to get him the ball. And they, with the type of playmaker he can be, they probably should. Now, Allen Robinson had five targets and they were yeah. playing from behind virtually the whole game. Is this just the, uh, the Verrett, um, you know, matchup or is there a real reason to be concerned here? No, I think it's the matchup. I, I, I don't think that was terribly surprising. I mean, you want more targets than that. But, you know, they, he, he, he didn't have a great matchup. And I think coming up, he has some good ones coming. So I don't know what his price is at DraftKings and FanDuel, but he's the guy I definitely look very closely at this week because I think you're going to get a little bit of a benefit from his first two games not being so great. Who is somebody that, um, you know, that went backwards for you this week? Went backwards for me this week. Man, um, I need to think about that just a little bit. Not Beckham. I mean, Beckham's fine. I wish he hadn't dropped that touchdown. Crying out loud. I don't know what that was about. But um, who went backwards this week? I, I, nobody really. I mean, the Colts had such a tough matchup that you almost want to give them a pass for yeah. that one and think that it's not going to be like that. But it, you know, it was questionable to begin with, and they have yeah. such a great defense. What are you going to do? Right. So I, I don't think any – I don't have any wide receivers that, that I'm just – that I've soured on based on how things are, how things are going right now. Michael Floyd, right. how about that? Michael, Michael Floyd, Floyd yeah, yeah, I was expecting big things out of Floyd this week. Uh, once he was getting away from Belichick's scheme to shut him down, but it didn't happen. That that is scary. That's a good one, right? Because that's that's a good that's a good pass defense to attack. And last year, after what down the stretch, he was over 105 out of his last eight games, and I was all I was in. I was ready. I drafted him in, in a few spots and was pretty happy about it, thinking he was going to be their best receiver. And he's as of right now, that I mean, Fitz is still their best fantasy receiver, pretty clearly. Yeah. Right, John. Well, that's all the questions we have for you this week. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. Anytime, Bobby. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Sounds great. Have a great week. You too. And for those of you listening, that's all for the show today. On Wednesday night, we're going to have Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus coming in to give you a preview for week three, and it's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. Then we've got our DFS show coming out early Friday morning to help you get ready to build some lineups to win on DraftKings. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes. It really helps our numbers uh, and helps us keep getting sponsors so we can keep doing the show. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.